Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name's Adam. And I'm Craig. And you're listening to Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Yes, uh, we are talking about Alien 3 this week. I've written down my rankings and orderings of the Yeah, Alien I can see versus... there's a little list you've got oh, there. Oh, I've got a little list. A little so list of 12 films. You're going to go through the list of the movies and I'm going to shit on it. Yeah, more or less. Are you ranking it or are you just... I've, I've got them written down what they are and I've ranked them in my opinion. Okay. Okay, would you like it 12, uh, 12 through 1 or 1 through 12? I think you should start at the top. So, the best film. The best, yeah. Okay, coming in hot, number one with a bullet is a tie... Between Alien and Aliens. You can't have a tie for number one. Yeah, I can. It's no. my list. Because you got a... I, I can understand, then, if you like the movie separately for different reasons, as Alien itself is a kind of uh, very much a uh, claustrophobic, stalky it's horror, a horror film. Horror yeah. film. Aliens whereas, is a straight-up uh, action movie. Yes. So I can, if you were to say, what's your favourite action movie? What's your favourite horror movie? You could have Alien and Aliens as your top mm-hmm. favourite. But when we're talking about the Alien franchise as a whole, you can't then have, well, actually, I like both movies equally as good. I feel one has to step above the other. And yet, they don't. <laughs> uh, so we, that means we skip second place and go straight. Let me tell you why. Because uh, Yes, please. Okay, so I think Alien is the better film, but Aliens yeah. is my preferred film. And so you believe the first film is made like a better production, better script, better acting? Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I would on say all better three points. on all three yeah. points. But I prefer Aliens because it's got that nostalgic hit and it's more fun to watch. Okay. Alien, I've got to be in the mood for. So for that, they're tied. Uh, third place, Predator. Okay, yep. No arguments there. Good, cool. Number four is, uh, well, it's Alien Resurrection. Right, okay, yeah. So, yeah. number four, Alien Resurrection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number five is Predators. Sixth on my list is Alien 3. Okay. Yep. Seventh on the list is Aliens vs. Predator 2 Requiem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, AVP 2 yeah. is better than AVP. Oh, world's better. And better than Prometheus. Yes. And better than Predator 2. Yes. And better than Alien Covenant. We'll get to Alien Covenant. <laughs> but yeah, so Alien vs. Predator 2, number one, it starts with a really gory kid death. You're like, oh, guy hunting with his kid. Okay, yeah. Alien appears. And then you're like, oh, this kid's going to run away. Holy shit, he lost his arm, or whatever it was. Like, yeah. it gets graphic really quickly. Um, Do you like that just more for the fact that it shies away from uh, normal Hollywood convention of not showing gruesome uh, yeah yeah it's it defied what i expected it caught me off guard i was there kind of a little south of sober the first time i watched it going holy shit i didn't expect this yeah um the brother strauss did a really good job of creating just a good old popcorn movie because once you Mm. once you get into my list once you get past once you get past number three and even actually to an argumentative point once you get past those first two alien and aliens you're not in cinema anymore you're in films you're in movies okay yeah okay i get that and past that is just like keep me entertained i don't need this to be a masterpiece of of uh, the motion picture world i need this to be Mm. i'm not getting bored for an hour and a half and alien vs predator 2 requiem i have a great time so i find it really interesting that you say that because one of the things that i think about with alien 3 specifically is Mm. actually how cinematic and arty it is well we'll come in, we'll come into that as well shortly yeah. as well um so number seven no so number eight on the list is predator 2 okay danny glover fighting the predator i'm in well obviously not that in i mean i mean <laughs> in the sense eight. of like i'm in like I'll, I'll watch that over number nine the predator yeah that has so much potential yeah and it did not deliver yeah number 10 alien versus predator okay just boring that had a really weird plot point of having Lance Hendrickson in it. Yes. And he's meant to be the ancestor of... Waylon Yutani. Is that who he is? Is it Wayne? No. Um... I think he oh, might be, maybe, actually. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I think he is. It's number 10 on my list. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's an ice palace. 
and Lance Hendrickson's there. And yeah, and the Predators have some like the, Aztec temple. The Predator basically sees the scratches that she's got from the alien and says, yeah, my mum was called Martha too and lets her live. Something like that. Something terrible. Anyway, number 11 on the list is Prometheus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've not watched Alien Covenant. Uh, so yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't apart count. from some very weird uh, sexual tension between uh, Fassbender and himself <laughs> and, and a flute, right? Uh, oh, you're yeah. not missing much. A band camp, or it might as well have been. <laughs> uh, and then the other caveat is I haven't seen Alien Three for a long time, mm. like childhood. So just to kind of, uh, as I say, skim over everything. Um, We've got a budget that varies between what's reported, uh, between fifty and sixty million dollars. Yep. And which it, is way less than I thought it would be. Yeah, from from what you consider in terms of production hell and the bloating of the budget, which is often referred to, because I think they spend what was it? It's like seven million dollars. Seven million dollars on props and sets and that stuff weren't even used for a script that they ended up not using. Mm. I understand that they were writing a script the night before shooting some scenes yeah, and that this movie nearly ended David Finch's career. How much do you think then? Uh, if it had, let's say the top end of that of that estimate, 60 million, how much do you think it made back? 37. Uh, it's surprisingly, the top end of the box office performance is 175 million. Good job, Fincher. Yeah, and their sort of bottom estimate is around about 160 million. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's... Nearly pretty much, if not tripled. Almost tripled its budget. Why has this got this idea then that it was such a flop? So I think as well, when you're setting up any sequels, it's a, and I believe we've said this before, that you either take what's good from the previous incarnation of the, of the movie and then you either up it or you sort of veer and change direction yeah. and look to maybe subvert some of the themes and plots. Yeah. So, classic examples of this are Aliens, yeah. Terminator 2. Defo. These are the, like, the boiler stand. You get into any debate with anyone of like, this. Pre- the, there are no sequels that are better than the original. The four that are going to come up Godfather, Godfather, Alien, Godfather Part 2, Aliens, yeah. Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and Spider-Man 2. Ooh. Yeah, oh. that's, that's the fourth one where people are like, oh, maybe you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Would you not say Evil Dead 2? I would say so, but, but say that's so. not one that always comes up. I suppose a few yeah. people have seen the, uh, the Evil Deads and they have the Aliens true. and other films. Um, and I would also say Mannequin 2 on the move is better than Mannequin, but that's mm. a different argument for a different day. So ideally we would be watching the assembly cut, which is closer to David uh, Finch's vision mm. for the franchise. I believe this definitely came out in the box set, DVD box set. Yes. And we don't have that DVD we... box set. I do at my parents' house, but I don't hear you right. So, we're going to watch the lesser version. Woo! Who's excited? Exactly. And we're going to watch the theatrical cut, and then probably throw in some of that uh, discussion. Some sweet, of... sweet assembly cut knowledge. That's right. Nice. All right, so let's uh, hop on over to the couch. Ready? Three, two, one. In space, no one can hear you podcast. All right, okay, so... Actually, you probably can. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they can. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, just to break down a quick uh, plot summary from IMDb, uh, Ellen Ripley, played by Shigorni Weaver. Sigourney, not Sugar. Shigorni Weaver. Yeah, I'll do my... Uh, your best Sean Connery. Late Sean Connery impression. Nice. So she is the only survivor when she crash lands on Fiorina 161. Uh, it's bleak wasteland inhabited by former inmates of the planet's maximum security prison. Once again, Ripley must face scepticism and the alien as it hunts down the prisoners and guards. Without any weapons or modern technology of any kind, Ripley leads the men into battle against a terrifying creature. Bum bum bum. Double Y chromosome planet. Yeah. All males. So they have taken a vow of celibacy. (laughs) Okay. Or are, we, are we going to jump straight into this group of uh, so yeah the, men? This group of men uh, led by Dylan uh, Charles, Charles S. Dutton, Dutton yeah. who is for me most famous for being the police chief in A Time to Kill. Yeah, good shout. 
Uh, he is what uh, Andrew's the big boss man, uh, head of or head warden. Uh, he calls uh, Dylan's God Boys. Yeah. So um, they've taken on this kind of uh, sort of religion, which is an amalgamation of all sorts of different philosophies and ideas. Yeah. Uh, which Charles Dance's character Clemens kind of lays into a little bit when he's kind of giving some exposition about it. Yeah. The line, I took a vow of celibacy, we all took a vow of celibacy, implies that they all promised not to rape one another. Yeah, probably That's... is a bit of that going on. Yeah. If they'd have said a vow of peace or a vow of priesthood or any other word, but mm. it was a vow of celibacy straight in, it's like... Who was like? Who was the straw on the camel's back that had to break? You know, which one of you was it that went? Well, Fuck it, this is enough. So, how long have they been on this planet for? How long they've been isolated for? I can't remember. Uh, I would say it's, but obviously they've been there for some time. Yeah, because they've got, obviously got to know each other quite well, inside and out. Apparently, maybe. So yeah, I would probably want to make that vow as well. It's it's a good vow. It's just a rule. It's a good rule of life. It should it just be. Well, we have that rule. We have that rule. Well done, us. Um, and obviously, when you first meet all these people, the guy that looks like Riddick is going to be definitely the guy that breaks this vow, isn't mm. he? To be fair, they all look quite menacing. Which, too, I think is one of the actual faults of this movie is the fact that because everyone is a big, shaved, bald dude. But they say to Ripley, like, oh, cut your hair because it's been so long since they've seen a woman. And it's like, yeah, but they were still raping each other. The haircutting situation mm. probably isn't going to deter them too much, as we find out it yeah. doesn't. Anyway, so she arrives, um, and lo and behold, there's a facehugger on the ship. In the assembly version, Ripley is not found on the ship or on the evac. Right. Uh, so she is washed ashore and is found by Charles Dance. Nice, okay. He, obviously, it's a, uh, you know, it's going back quite a few years. Very good-looking chap. Oh, Charles Dance is a dreamboat. It's yeah. really good for him, yeah. He's very striking, uh, which obviously, when most people think of Charles Dance these days, I think of Game him of as Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah. Tyrion Lanson, or from Ali G in the House. Which is his best film, of yeah, course. Which is obviously what he's more known for. Uh, yeah, so Charles Dance finds her, and obviously this is like a two and a half hour film, or two hour, ten minute movie, or whatever it is. Well, the assembly cut is, yes. Yeah, it's, qu- it's quite long. So we're going to jump through a few bits, but I like that idea in the assembly cut that Ripley ended up on the beach, mm. because in the theatrical cut, they're like, ah, oh, Newt drowned. Yeah, so... Which is bollocks. The, like, yeah. No, she didn't. Well, she she might have, but because obviously they do lift the the evac thing out of. But yeah, it gives more. But this but, is what I'm saying they, about the. But when they open the evac thing, it's yes. not full of water, no. and nor is her. But this is one of the problems with the theatrical cut and why the assembly cut is so good because it gives a little bit more gravitas to some of these ideas and themes yeah. in the movie. Yeah. So yes, the new has jammed because that evac thing has been sat in the water while Ripley washed ashore. But in the theatrical version, no, not so much. Obviously, Michael Biehn's character Hicks has been slashed apart. Yes, of the impact. so he's been you know, impaled. And in the assembly cut, you see, I believe, him decapitated. Awesome. So he's definitely dead. He, oh, he's big time dead. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, you see just your bog standard face hugger. Right, so. Yep. Yeah. Again, in the assembly cuts, it uh, is slightly different because you see them dragging the evac out of the water with ox. Yes. Right, with oxen. There's one of the oxen. That gets infected by the face hugger. Yes. Whereas in the theatrical version that we just watch, it's the dog, the dog from is, the thing. It's the dog. Yeah. So, uh, I want to say it's uh, the character Murphy that finds it, who actually owns the dog. Yeah. So um, again, it could be wrong. It's been a little while since I've seen the assembly cut. One of the problems, that obviously, then with this movie is how it leads on, mm. because you have then uh, Ripley and Charles Dance. Get it on. Well, they start building their relationship, which is obviously a lot more fleshed out in the assembly cut. And then obviously there's contention uh, between the prisoners, uh, the guards. Uh, so you've got Brian Glover who plays Andrew, and you've got mm. Ralph Brown that plays Aaron, or 85. 85, because he has an IQ of... 85. Boom. So they are sort of... So yeah, having this big, big old meeting, and Ripley is then obviously being uh, sort of fed information about the planet and then obviously so are we mm-hmm. and getting a little bit of a tour 
And through this, this is where she asks then for Newt, the young girl, to have her uh, autopsy. Autopsy. To find out whether she got alien impregnated. Yeah, and I kind of feel like, because they're, they're like, oh, what is it they, they say that she, co- it's cholera, isn't it? That Ripley uses that as, as she's, Charles Dunn said, like, I need a reason as to why I'm autopsying this kid that clearly drowned. Yeah. Oh, she could be infectious with cholera yeah and Giles uh, Dance is like well there's not been cholera for 200 years so you're yeah, yeah. full of shit but hey <laughs> I haven't seen a woman in 200 years either so yeah I don't want to get in your pants oh baby Charles Dance you know you know um, I don't get why she doesn't just come out and be like hey look there's a parasite yeah you know what I mean that's like why wouldn't you just go you don't have to say it's a fucking alien you just go I agree I don't know what her reasoning is or was or anything like that it adds to the mystery, it adds a reason as to why Charles Dance becomes more and more intrigued with her, and then when he re- she reveals what it is to him, it shows that she trusts him, so it's good for character development. Yes. But it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't, doesn't. Just say it was a parasite. Yeah. Say anything. Yeah, you don't have to say there's some like flesh-hungry monster lying in her yeah. chest. Just be like, oh yeah, it's a parasite. Yeah, absolutely. Or lie, be like, she's an android, uh, she might have stuff in her CP, I don't know. Fucking anything. Yeah, I, I doubt that was going to get. Probably not, but <laughs> cholera. Yeah, like, cholera does seem a bit more of a stretch. There are a couple of th- things in this film because I wouldn't have, you know, I would have made up like a space disease. Yeah. But they use cholera, <laughs> and I was like, okay, that seems like a disease from the 1800s. When is Alien Three set? Uh, quite some time in the future. Because at one point, someone makes a reference to Shirley Temple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just like, wait, what? <laughs> but I mean, anyway, you know what I'm yes. saying? Like, not even Tina Turner. Shirley Temple Fair. anyway right the next pe- beat of the film is that Paul McGann's character uh, Golik Golik uh, is down in the toe okay what if I missed uh, so we have our we have the first death which is uh, Murphy uh, being spat in the face with that's acid right yeah and falling he's to the just sweeping the tunnels yeah it's, uh, it's so you kind of get to see a little bit of the day to day of the uh, prisoners yeah because you see them sort of cleaning maintaining and in the scavenging I think that's a little bit more in the assembly cut yeah and with that you see the first glimpse of the aliens form a little bit more which is a different alien because it's bred with a dog or a bull depending on what you yeah. so the idea that the alien takes on some of the genetic makeup of the animal host or I or just human I host. just want to see a xenomorph mate with a bunny would have been awesome if you had like horns or something like that that would be cool um, made it a little with, bit more demonic with a rhino or I, I feel that maybe having something a little bit more crossed with a something even more fierce so like having because what's the what breed of dog is it? It's like a Rottweiler or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I can imagine, obviously, it has some sort of like aggressive tendencies, and obviously, it has that slightly little bit more on all four look to it, and uh, even the way it runs as well. Yeah. It's a little bit more creature dog like. Um, something like maybe like a tiger or something like that. That'd, that'd be, be fucking cool. Yeah, that'd be a bit mad. Can they mate with birds? Well, I seem to remember from the toy franchise, uh, <laughs> uh, and they because I'm pretty sure that the toy line was trying to coincide with a kid-friendly cartoon. What? Well, this is going back to that. Oh, you kids! That, this universe has acid blood. <laughs> well, I think you're going back to the time where they are literally just trying to pump out toys for everything. Yeah. So this is yeah true, and I suppose they had like the Jumanji TV show and the Mummy TV show, mm. and anything that was a successful film, the Beetlejuice TV show. Yeah. So yeah, okay, I get it. They they wanted to do an Alien TV show, but it can't be friendly. It has to be like well, they had young... RoboCop. Did they? And the RoboCop. I never show. saw it. That's really? amazing. Okay, cool. They had, I mean... uh, they had the Terminator toys as well. Terminator, yeah, toys, sure, but there wasn't a Terminator for kids TV show. No, but the toys are obviously definitely aimed at children. You yeah, know what I mean, it wasn't like. Oh no, a... no, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. But what I'm saying is, if they tried to make an alien TV show for kids, they're onto a loser already. Oh, I don't know. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, but you and I are particularly types of people. Fair. Um, right. Back on track. Back on track. The sweeper gets killed. Yes. I don't understand a little bit about this because obviously he gets spat in the face with the acid mm-hmm. and then he sort of tumbles into the fan. Tumbles into the fan. 
doesn't look like much of a slope. No slope. He <laughs> just kept on rolling. Not back yeah. and forth. Not he's stopped. doing a cowboy roll. It's like, oh, I've been spat in the face. Like I need to get out of here. 20 metres <laughs> he rolled. That was a long old distance. Yeah. Which I... would have made sense to me if... But they say later on, like, oh, the fan wasn't sucking. It was blowing. Yes. It would have made sense if it was sucking. And he, like, was sweeping... Steps but... into, like, the vortex of it. Yeah, that would have made much more sense. But as it stands, if anything, he commits suicide. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a weird one. I seem to remember in the novelization again, many years ago since I read this, that he has, like, this internal monologue as he's rolling and then getting chopped up. And it's quite, I, I, I believe it like takes a whole page of him just sort of going through the details of yeah. what he's going through. And he's like, damn, this is, like, <laughs> this is not nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I think when the first time I watched it, I was like, how does he uh, end up there? It happened. Hey, shut up, Affleck. Yeah. Shut up, Affleck. So then, yeah, then we have um, Golik uh, with, I think it's Boggs. And I can't remember who the other guy is. I want to say it's. It's either like Frank or something like that. Yeah. Something like this or Reigns or one of the other I think it's Reigns. Reigns. Yeah. So again, this is one of the uh, the sort of crit- uh, criticism coming out of the theatrical uh, releases. Is that they that all look the fucking same. A, they do all look the same. There's not enough time to really flesh out the characters. Whereas you, in the assembly cut, you really get to see a lot more interaction happening between prisoners. Yeah. And you have like some sort of quite big actors like playing some of these people, like uh, Pete Postlewaite. Like, yeah. like how is he just sidelined? To yeah, he gets a, like three scenes. I think if that's whereas yeah. obviously, as I say, he um, his characters develops a lot more. Yeah, and you think of films that do this better. So you know, big ensemble sci-fi films. I mean, obviously, let's look mm. at even Aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you've got Vasquez, Hudson. You remember yeah. the names; they're all yeah, very yeah. standout characters. But then you look at someone like Sunshine, yeah, the Danny Boyle, Alex Garland movie. Yeah, you don't. I don't necessarily know. I can only remember two names, of the characters, and that was but, Chris Evans and Cillian Murphy. But I don't need to know um, their character names. I just remember. I know they're all very distinctly different-looking people. So, mm. Cillian Murphy. Chris Evans, Benedict Wong, Rose Byrne, Cliff Curtis. Mm. They're all very distinct, different. You'd be like, I, yeah, that was the guy that enjoyed looking at the sun and he looked very different to the guy that enjoyed the horticulture. Yeah. Or Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh is the person that likes horticulture. Um, with this, it's just a load of bold dudes. Yeah. Paul McGann, uh, who is, uh, plays Golik, who is the crazy one. Yep. But you find out why people have this reservation about him because people are quite quick to jump on the fact that he's killed these people mm. in the assembly cut they talk about that he's a bit unhinged anyway yeah they, there's a little bit more nuance to his character in the sense that when he does then see the alien uh like bump off um uh, rains rains and, and bugs yeah uh you kind of understand why then he uh, comes across as quite a bit more bit more rambling he calls it a dragon and he is then obviously accused of the murder because in the assembly cut he's found just having a little chow down in the canteen mm-hmm. and then the rest of the prisoners go and jump him yeah. to then restrain him yeah. whereas in the theatrical cut which we just watched he's just piled on into the into the infirmary yes so again, I just feel that this uh, the theatrical cut just kind of does a little bit of disservice to some of these characters, and especially the actors as well, because it's just so little screen time. Mm. And obviously, as I said, kind of the some of the plot or subplots are kind of dropped and doesn't allow then for this movie to really be fleshed out. Golic seeing the alien mm-hmm. is that before or after Ripley nearly gets raped? I want to say that's after because I feel that that's the point where she's like right I need to go find out whether or not there's an alien she looks for Bishop doesn't she she does mm. Lance Hendrickson Lance Hendrickson uh, obviously is Bishop the android from Aliens he is on the ship of Beginning 2 and at the end of Aliens I mean he's just a torso with half a face whoever then did the puppeteering for that wow yeah amazing job good job 
Must um, be a pro. But she's <laughs> looking for Bishop because she wants to find a stasis report on why the ship crashed, what happened to yes, it. Yes, needs some sort of audio outputs. And she finds out that there was the third, the final life form on board, which confirms that there was a face hugger on there. Yeah. And then he asks to be seppukud. Yeah, pretty much. And so she, put me out my misery. Yeah. Um, they can fix me, but I'll never be the same again. Or whatever he says, yeah. and then she pulls the plug, and it's... That's quite sad. It's kind of touching, because I like Bishop. Yeah, because it feels like, if anything, uh, she built up that relationship with him and to be able to overcome her trust issues of androids. Yes. And then for her sort of almost like support network of people that she can rely on to really start dwindling. Yeah, so it's taking away the people, and taking away the people that she cares about. Um, Now, the next thing that happens, so obviously she's trickling through it quickly, she fucks Charles Dance. Yeah, that comes out of nowhere in the theatrical cut because you're just a bit like, there's having a little chit chat and she's like, do you like me? Yeah, I've been out here for a long time. I haven't touched let's, a woman in 20 years. I like anything. <laughs> let's, let's go smash. Yeah, again, that plays out a lot longer in the assembly cut. And that's kind of used against him as a bit of a crux because he's now kind of, in a way, he gets blackmailed by by Andrews because she's like because he's obviously suspects there's something going on between them and he says uh, I wonder if she knows anything about your past it's like dude you all work on a prison planet yeah it's a bit I'm spiss, pretty like, confident she's going to be like sus. you're all wrong Charles Dutton has a good bit at one point where he's like because he saves her he stops her from getting raped yes and she tries to become a fr- she tries to be friends with him earlier and sits opposite him and it's like you don't want to know me yeah you don't want to know me um, I'm a, I'm a rapist, rape, and, rapist and murderer. Also, I'm kind of the king of the. I like how he says I, I'm a, a, a. He says it like I'm a rapist and murderer of women, implying that he obviously he was not part of the bubble. He crew. was probably the guy that was like, "All right, guys, we're all taking a vow of celibacy. That was yeah. one too far. Go yeah. after Reigns, but not me, Charles Bums S. To the Bums to the wall, indeed." <laughs> I love Charles S. Dutton. He's great in this. There is a, there is very much a bleakness to this movie. Yes. It's not. There is no redemption for many of the characters. Mm. Uh, they are all you know, thieves, murderers, and rapists. It reminds me of I mean, a lot of films that come out came out around that time where it is very sweeping landscapes and beautiful shots, but it was just really depressing. Mm. Films like Blade Runner. Yeah. Blade Runner is a really depressing film. Uh, Dune or Dune Dune yep. or even like films off the beaten track like Salute of the Jugger if you've never uh, seen that great movie but depressing as fuck yeah. Mad Max yeah. these films that are going look we're building kind of pots and pans scenery and we're making a spectacle but ultimately mm. you're going to walk away from it feeling cold yes. the kind of John Wayne at the end of the search is feeling where he walks out into the distance it's like oh he he doesn't have a happy ending. Yeah. These films don't have happy endings. Alien 3 nails that. It absolutely crushes it. And so they've come up with a plan now to try and trap the alien. Well, Andrews gets killed first. Yes. Uh, so in... In a proper... Dramatic fashion. Well, actually... Samuel Jackson and Deep, Deep Blue Sea level. We kind of, yeah, we have actually skipped there a bit because it's uh, Clemens... Charles Dance gets killed first. Which is quite sad, really, because he probably is the most, a obviously, sympathetic character towards Ripley's situation. Mm-hmm. And she's the one that's confiding in in him, and he's confiding in her about his story, about mm-hmm. how, obviously, he's killed all these patients because he was an alcoholic or something like that. But he got off the morphine. <laughs> we so, did. Yeah. While Swings. he's injecting, well, I can assume <laughs> is morphine into Ripley. Which then, I could always wonder about this cocktail that he gives her. Because yeah. she's then pretty lively afterwards. And I've always assumed it's meant to be some sort of like sedative. Yeah, I thought it was some sedative. This um, has quite the opposite effect. It does, which is, I thought it was going to be that he injects her with the morphine and then she's going to have to go on some like weird, funky run that's kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, in Max Payne, when he gets drugged and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. That level of her trying to escape the xenomorph as it's chasing after her. Yeah. But no, it uh, does the awesome, um, sniffing you out shot. Like, yeah. Which is, face. I think, again, one of you know when he's because we, we talked about how iconic the head shave, uh, Ripley is. Yeah. But the how iconic the face of the alien next to hers, which is like grimacing. Yeah. Uh, like you know eyes closed trying to get as far away but she's obviously pressed up against the wall yeah. 
That it's is a great shot. It's a, a it's an amazing shot, but I feel that that is like you can show that to anybody and be like, oh yes, the Alien, isn't it? That's the Alien franchise. Yeah, I might not be able to pinpoint Alien Three. I think most people would probably be like, oh, from Alien or Aliens, yeah. they wouldn't say they wouldn't say it was Alien Three. Yeah, yeah that's most right. people assume Alien Three has not anything iconic about it. It's got the best shot of the entire franchise. Yes, and then it's a hard cut away from her. Away from that, and the, she explains to Charles Dutton, two Charles's in this film. Well, she legs it over to the canteen oh, where that's right. yeah. they are talking about the, the deaths and sending out a search party. Yeah. And she like busts in and is like, oh, it's here. And everyone's like, or oh, especially Andrews is like, shut, shut up, the fuck get the out. fuck out. Yeah. And then only for then the alien to reach down, grab him from, from out of the vent, and, and put him into the, ce- the ceiling and. Give him a horrible bloody death. Which is quite like, you know, if you were the main, if you were Ripley, you'd be like almost a bit like, I thank God everyone fucking saw that. (laughs) Because now you know I'm not batshit crazy. Because of that, everyone freaks out and starts following her and Charles S. Dutton. Yeah. She explains to Charles S. Dutton, it can't kill me. It won't kill me because I've got one inside of me. She's very much immune to any attack. To its charm. To its charm, to its lovely smile. To its HR guy, yeah, penis design head. Yes. And they, yeah, devise this plan to run through the tunnels to try and trap it within the leadworks. Now, this is where most people cite that this movie goes fucking tits up. I got so bored. Yeah. Ugh, uh, like... I think bored and confused. There was just a lot of the same thing happening. Yes. And I didn't. Yeah, I don't think you do, because A, you've not set up or established any of these characters. They are Bald Man 1, Bald Man 2. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You're not remembering the names. They're running from corridors left to right. Uh, you got the uh, POV shot. It's good, and it's, but it is gimmicky. That's it, it's it's, it's like gimmicky. you've never done you haven't done this in tour for the entire movie you've yeah. never seen a POV shot of the alien you've never seen it in the other franchises either yeah easiest example Terminator you get Terminator Vision in Terminator 1 it's there it exists it's yes. cool we love it we accept it because it's there in the first film to crowbar it in in the third film is like it does uh, feel a bit crowbar come on now yeah I wish it's the one yeah. misstep that Fincher took uh, so yeah they trap it in the corridors and the plan is to something 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 it fails the plan it was the plan is well to... they're trying to close all the doors and it's a trap it in the leadworks um, yeah. and while the press is sort of moving down the tunnel and then they're going to fill it full of hot leads so yeah so it ends up like behind people um, like once they close the door that's how like I'm pretty sure that's uh, Pete Possilwaif's death happens. Yes. Yeah, because it's like, all right, you're looking through the window where you just trapped the alien. Somehow it's turned up behind you now. The geography of the tunnels is really up for debate. You can kind of get away with that in a Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. You're running away from Jason, you're running away from Jason, you're running away from Jason, you stop at a tree, you turn around and he's behind you. It's like, all right, well, he just knew the forest better because that's where (laughs) he lived. You're in his territory. But this alien is an alien on this planet. So then you, uh, pretty much everyone's getting killed at this point. Yeah. Uh, again, ball guy one, ball guy two. And then it gets down to the final three, which are Ripley, Charles S. Dutton, and Golic. And Charles S. Dutton's character is uh, It's is, not Golic. Uh, is it not? It is not. It is uh, Danny Webb. It's Morse. Oh, sorry, because they... Yeah, so Golic's, the Golic's dead at this point because he went in to see the beast. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. excuse me. Do you want to do that again? No, I made a mistake because <laughs> they all look. The yeah, same. this is fair. It's like uh, I, I would not say that you, you know, I, it's an unforgivable yeah, mistake. Exactly. Very, uh, very forgivable. <laughs> um, so it gets down to those three. Yeah. Uh, what's Charles Dutton's name again? Uh, he is called Dylan. Dylan, that's yeah. right. So it's Ripley, Dylan, and um, Morse. Morse. The sweary one. The sweary one. They're what? in. They're in a the pit where they pour the lead yeah. and Charles S. Dutton's like you climb because I'm going to fight this fucking thing hand yeah. in hand one on one bitches yeah. he gets a great death he just goes to t- it's like the velociraptor taking on the T-Rex at the end of Jurassic Park it's like yeah. you're going to lose but good for you for putting up a fight 
Uh, he does actually put up a fight for he, fair. He, fucking, he nearly takes it. Well, he has a full-on conversation while he's getting everything ripped oh. out. Of him. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like yeah, go go for it. Like release the lead. Like and you're like <laughs> let the lead out. Yeah, and you're like oh, dude. Like yeah, it's it's a cool death. Obviously, Ripley climbs up as far as she needs to climb out of the pit for the lead to then incinerate the alien. And you get the false ending. And now we get yeah, fucking the typical false ending. The alien jumps out of the lead. Coated in molten molten lead. But this is why they want to. The company wants to research these things because these molten things are molten lead. These things are very a durable. A flamethrower killed it in Aliens, but molten lead didn't. Uh, there's quite a few things that kill aliens, including a flamethrower. Is it a flamethrower? Yes. Because I I know that they're scared of fire and I'm not too sure if they die because I know obviously the head is exploding, especially when one gets a shotgun in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember the flamethrower burning the eggs. I don't remember. I'm not saying you're wrong no, either. No, no. Maybe I'm to... remembering just the eggs. Yeah. Either way, molten lead. Uh, so it jumps yeah. out and then Ripley pours the sprinklers on it. Yeah. And it, it cracks and explodes. explodes. So then... molten lead. <laughs> so then. The real monsters turn up. Men. More men. Men, men from the company. This time, co- corporate greed turns up. Yeah, so uh, the alien like might be a monster in nature, but... They were yeah. too busy asking if they could. They didn't ask whether they should. That's right. Um, so you have um, 85 waiting for these guys to come in, yeah. and then out of the shadows into the light which you don't quite get to see straight away no he's wearing a cool like face bandana yeah uh, is Lance Hendrickson the real bishop yeah so he is the guy that designed the bishop androids yeah so I imagine that there are multiple bishop androids and it's like a line of them yeah like Jason Bourne wasn't Jason Bourne just like a code name not his actual person maybe okay let's do it again (laughs) Yeah, like the T-1000. Yeah, like the term, it's like the T-800, yeah, 100,000. All designed to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, or Stuart Patrick. Is it Stuart Patrick's? Patrick Stuart? No, no. Who's the guy that's in? Oh my God, my, bi- my mind has gone blank. Uh, uh, Patrick, oh no. Don't look it up. No, I'm better than this. He's Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick. Oh, oh man. Yes. Uh, all look like T1000. Robert Patrick. Yeah. Um, anyway, he turns up and is like, come on, we'll surgery you real good and proper back on the ship. We're not yeah. going to harvest the alien and leave you to die. And then We're uh, the company, which is a real friendly name, right? Yeah. So then she's like, I'm calling you out on your bullshit. Fuck you. I'm going to jump off this, uh, this gang walk into yeah. the furnace. Yeah. And 85 has uh, seen enough and He's, he bashes him in the back of the 85 head. 85 grew to be at 86 and he hit Lance Henderson with a hammer or something. And then again, in the assembly, I think it shows him a lot, a lot more severely injured than what is portrayed in yeah. the theatrical cut. And the big scene of uh, her jumping off the furnace is, again, wildly different in the well this, this is it. it she falls into the furnace and as she falls the alien bursts out of her chest yeah. and in the theatrical version it says she grabs it with both hands closes yeah. her eyes and falls into the molten lava whereas in the assembly cut it doesn't happen um, and then she opens up her arms into a big Jesus very pose very Christy so yeah then you have quite well I think it's actually a very beautiful ending very poetic ending um it, of the of the film uh, the score by uh, Elliot Goldenfell mm-hmm. um, I think the song is a Dago where you know you see as the planet um, sort of eclipses the sun as the sun rises yeah, 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 shines yeah. a light kind of kind of almost uh, through Ripley's sacrifice there's hope for the universe yeah the a, new day dawns, a new day a dawns a light in the future yeah beautiful it is it is very beautiful and you see everything locking down offenses mm. being switched mm. off doors being closed mm. I think that's a beautiful send off for the Alien franchise and it almost like for me that in canon yeah 
that's the end of the franchise. Okay. The death of Ripley, the death of the alien. I am inclined to agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Because Alien Resurrection makes no fucking sense. Yeah, it really fucking does. I doesn't. mean, I lost my shit over molten lead. They cloned someone from a furnace lava? No. Yeah. Not no. only did they clone a body from a burnt carcass from hundreds of years ago, but they've managed to somehow clone it with another entity in it. <laughs> so how have you managed to extract DNA from somebody to then... So you're kind of like, oh, the DNA is somehow mixed. And you're Welcome like, That's not to how Ripley DNA, DNA. Yeah, you're like, all right, mate. Like, Richard Amber can... needs to be explaining that one real good. Yeah. Um, so it's... Um, yeah, uh, I feel that if... Because, again, obviously, as I said, you've not seen this for a long time. Mm-hmm. After... Oh, my list has changed, by the way. Oh, go on, then. Okay. Number one, Alien and Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, still Predator. Number okay. four, Alien 3. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So it has gone up in your list. Oh, it's jumped up too. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, I feel that they would jump up more if you saw the assembly cuts. I reckon that might be true. Yeah. But as it stands, I still think that Predator is the thir- third best film in the Alien franchise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to let it simmer with you. Yeah, I could not disagree more. Because um, it's not even in the franchise. I'm pretty sure it is. But anyway, so that's the film. Yeah, so it's one of those things where you kind of walk away from that movie and go... It's a good movie, and if left to his, uh, David Fincher left more to his own devices. David Fincher is a phenomenal director. Yeah, hands down, one of the best directors that has ever lived. Do you feel that an experience like this would have, if not, made him a better director? Because if you've gone through something like this, like literally there probably is, the worst, that is that is every there is every potential that's correct. Yeah, and because of. You know what? He probably looking at the trajectory. So he this one first film this yeah. Not necessarily a flop. Nearly killed his career. I think that's so crazy that you can actually still have a a financial success in a movie, and yet still almost be blacklisted because you are you can come across or appear to be difficult to work with. Yeah, yeah. it's bananas. But after that, he does seven, which is whatever he he'd take whatever he could get. Yeah. That's a big film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then after that, he does Fight Club, which is a film that he, Ed Norton, and Brad Pitt all came out and have gone, we just did whatever we wanted to do. And I reckon he did that as a protest against this film. And making one of the most sort of cult, biggest cult classic movie for edgy teens. Uh, have you watched Fight Club recently? Um, I feel I've watched that movie a gajillion times that I wouldn't need to watch it for... I watched it six months ago or so. I might have yeah. even watched it with Sheen. And Sheen's actually, a perfect candidate for that movie. And we both kind of finished it and went, oh, they just need to grow up, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> just, it's a great movie. But you know what, guys? Just don't buy the stuff that's being advertised. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure Sheen was wearing his uh, Chairman Mao t-shirt <laughs> watching that I think little placard. It's all he ever wears, isn't yeah. it? And his beret. Um, so... Guilties and or pleasures. Let's start with David Fincher. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I I have a uh, a long uh, passion yeah. uh, for for this franchise. Yes, and it very much takes me back to my childhood uh, watching this. And again, when we talk about nostalgia, and you can watch things through that kind of like rose tinted vision. Yeah, and you when someone criticises a movie that you're very passionate about and you can go, well, actually, you know, when was the last time you watched it? Or yeah. like, uh, how long ago did you, you know, see this movie? Have you seen the director's cut? Yes. And you can sound like a right snob. Well, okay, <laughs> so I like have that. a film in that category that I will... It's the hill I'll die on. Anyone that says Blade Runner is a bad film, I'm like, yeah, right. which version of the film did you watch? Exactly, yeah. Straight it's like... there are three cuts. Which one did you... And it's like, I can hear myself, like regressing back to being a virgin as I yeah. say it <laughs> yeah but like, it's still happening like, like some I don't kinophile care. um it's wow kinophile oh right okay <laughs> Jesus yeah so I mean some people just say cinephile man yeah it's one of those um movies that again I feel that over time it has actually 
reached the right audience it's it's reached a level of appreciation yeah especially with the help of the assembly cuts uh and even david fincher i believe has come out and given his almost blessing to the assembly cut because he did he not, didn't touch it yeah he, a didn't touch it but b he like was scathing of alien free yeah. it was like you know i hate he hated it obviously it caused him some like huge bouts of depression yeah, and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, of so obviously great for him to bounce back and obviously become a, a, a powerhouse well definitely a powerhouse uh, sort of a trail, trailblazer, trailblazer of, nice. of the industry have you seen gone girl yeah i really great like movie, great movie. I, i've got a lot of uh, time for ben affleck as well we're not getting into Affleck now. Okay. Uh, yeah, shut up, Affleck. Shut up, Affleck. Uh, right, so Gunny Weaver, guilty or pleasure? Uh, very much uh, pleasure. She is the carrier um, for the, the whole franchise and for this movie. I'm going to blow your mind. Okay. All of this film, apart from that tunnel scene, yeah. for me, watching it now as an adult, yeah. pleasure. Yeah. Every actor... It makes more sense. Directing, yeah. everything except... Because that, that tunnel scene, that five-minute scene is really boring. And well, that's the thing. I, mean, I don't get how people find that boring. Like, it was just too long. For me, I was just I, like, yeah, fair I enough. get it. Another shot, closed door. Another shot, closed door. Trim it by 20%. I feel that it's meant to allude to the confusion as well. Because there's obviously people, other people are getting lost in those tunnels. And you kind of get lost with them in that I sense. I agree. I agree that is, that's probably what it's trying to do. It doesn't work for me. I thought no. that was dull. Yeah. And it leads to the confusion as to like, how did the alien get trapped behind that door but appear on this side of that door? Yeah. Uh, and also that's pretty much the only segment more or less with alien cam so if you just trim that quite by a big old chunk i might have um changed up the dynamic of charles dance and ripley a little bit more yeah i think i I, I suppose i'm still taking into effect what you told me about the assembly cut and how it's fleshed out more i'm i know i said we even though it is fleshed out more i feel it's very quick and i would have probably fleshed out a few more of the other characters because yeah. I couldn't tell you any of their names without you reading them that's, out. So that's probably the flaw. The, yeah. the, the guilty there is just the editing. I feel, yeah, there's a bit of that. I also feel that Charles Dance's backstory could have been a little bit more conflicting yeah. to maybe um, Ripley's story because it's like, alright, you were you were addicted to morphine or an alky or whatever and you gave the wrong doses and you accidentally killed and you can kind of almost have some sort of sympathy to that yeah whereas i think it might what been a little bit more dramatic is if you found out that he was just no it, it was like every other one he was a murderer rapist or something like that yeah but then would that be the too samey because charles s dutton then gets redemption through his actions and he was that guy but that's the thing it's like because then charles dance doesn't get to have that level of redemption you know what i mean it's no no i suppose not He's just killed off. He's just killed off, yeah. which is, yeah. Which adds to the shock of it. It's a good film. It's not, it's yeah. not perfect. Uh, you can tell the bits, I think, that are stretched and rewritten. Mm. And obviously now looking backwards after what you told me, you can see the flaws coming out in it. Yeah. Of like what needed more time. Uh, even little things like Newt being drowned at the beginning. She wasn't drowned. You saw that she wasn't drowned. So then Charles Dance is like, she's drowned, I'm sure of it. It's like, well, actually, I'm not, because I saw it, and yeah. she hadn't. So, <laughs> you know, let's figure it out. Um, but I'm glad I've watched this again with you. Um, I'm glad I've watched it again, because I do think I gave it a bit of a hard time. Yeah. Previous. If you'd asked me a week ago, which is the worst of the four Alien films, I'd have been like, oh, it's Alien 3. Yeah. And now the answer is Quite clearly Alien. Alien Resurrection. It is definitely Alien Resurrection. Sadly, because I do kind of still enjoy that film. Oh, I, Ron I Pearl, really like. Yeah, Ron Perlman is by far the best thing in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, my favorite part of that movie is when he shoots the spider. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. How can you not enjoy an alien film that's written by the same guy who wrote Toy Story? Right, so that is it uh, for today, guys. Um, we'll be back next week, uh, maybe with Alien Resurrection, maybe with Toy Story Two. Or maybe with yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> so uh, I've been. Oh fuck's sake! Right. So um, let's do that all again. Right. Three, two. So that's it. Being. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right. Three, two. 
So that's from us, uh, mate. Do you know, like, it's that, why, why can't I do a good take and then you fucking come in and then I've got to then try and do another fucking 10 What did tries. I do wrong? <laughs> right, three, two. So that's it, been. Uh, you didn't do anything. I know you didn't do it, it's me now. Yeah, it's all right. How was it me the first time? What did I do? Because it was a good take the first time. I know you, what did I do? I made a I joke about know, Toy no, Story 2? No, so that's it, Ben. That's, that's, been, that's been it. You do the sign off. So, Ben, it, that's uh, <laughs> podcast. Adam, pleasure. All right, so that's been us for today. Don't do it, don't do it. That's been us for today. Uh, that's Alien 3, and we'll be back next week with the next movie. Uh, anything you want to add on, Craig? Do you want me to do it? Yeah, to go for it, please. Alright guys, <laughs> that is us for this week. That podcast has been on Alien 3. We'll be in a battle. <laughs> it's not that easy, is it? Oh, I stumbled over a word. Uh, so that's us for this week, guys. Thank you for listening to our talk on Alien 3. We will be back next week with Alien Resurrection, right? I think so. Why not? And obviously, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please like, share, subscribe, all that jazz we're yeah. on. Spotify, iTunes. iTunes. Give us a review, give us a like, give us a share. Let us yeah, let your friends we're on know. Facebook, Instagram, all that social all media stuff. jazz. We Twitch. We do. We uh, what else? Do we, what's the what's the one where you do a choreographed dance to things? TikTok. We TikTok. Uh, Snapchat. Uh, we Snapchat. We will slide into your DMs if you so choose. Yeah, we don't do any of that. And, <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Also, drop us an email. Uh, yeah, uh, you can write to us. Yeah, send us uh, a quill written letter. Um, and actually just come around you know we'll get the kettle on yeah <laughs> self promotion done that, that's a pretty good promo I'm, I'm happy <laughs> with that I quite enjoy it uh, yeah so tune in next week I've been Craig I've been Adam thank you for listening we are watching a movie that we are talking about Talk about it. Maybe get some popcorn or maybe some snacks because we are watching a movie that we're gonna be a talking about. Talk time.